0: The Los Angeles Chargers had the Chiefs on the ropes, but they let one slip away because of missed opportunities.
1: You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the locked
0: on podcast network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David and We've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, but we're in our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen on this post game evening. We appreciate you guys and make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, whew, Wow, a missed opportunity on Thursday night football, and I think it has to start with the missed opportunities. I mean, the Chargers, four interceptions that were either called back or straight up just dropped in this game, leading to a bunch of points for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think that's where it is. And I mean, even till the end of the game, an onside kick you have a chance on, right? And you can't come up with it. But besides that, I mean, I think all eyes are on Justin Herbert right now. The prodigy quarterback was banged up towards the end of the game where I was screaming at my TV to get him out of there. But the offense... As a whole, really struggled, especially after losing a couple of key offensive linemen. Two starting offensive linemen go down in this game. And the offense, once again, in the second half, has a huge drought. Five straight series in the second half, where not only did they not score, they gave up a pick six as well. And we'll talk about the pick six. Some of the big missed calls in this game as well that led to some bad things for the Chargers, obviously. But, David, it has to start with the missed opportunities here. I mean... Throughout the game, I mean, you can point to almost any time in any corner quarter, quarter and the Chargers were, you know, around there somewhere missing an opportunity. And I think it started in this game early, right? The Chargers had a commanding 10-0 lead in this one, had a double-digit lead. They're going down. The Chiefs offense are, but they get stuck. It's third down. And on third down, Patrick Mahomes throws an interception and it's in uh, – yeah, throws it to Nazir Adderley, who I had having two interceptions in this game, of course – it gets called back by an illegal contact by Bryce Callahan on a play that was hugely questionable where he got thrown down on the ground by an offensive player, you know, receiver by the chiefs. That was brutal. But I mean, that was just felt like things like that were happening the entire night.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it really felt like the chargers were just fighting every single opponent out there, whether that was the chiefs or whether that was the refs. I mean, it felt like that at some point in times, I never wanted to say it's up to the reps uh, uh, excuse me, Up to the reps because it's not you know the chargers have to show up and play football and they have to overcome that but that was a horrible call i mean that one specifically that was obviously offensive pass interference like i don't see how you could have interpreted that any other way that was a blatant miss call and that directly took an interception away from the chargers that should have never been taken
0: Hundred percent. I mean, I don't know what you do there if you're Bryce Callahan. Obviously, there is contact. Both guys kind of get caught up together, but you see the receiver from Kansas City literally extending right and pushing him onto the ground. I don't know how that's called. Then you go to a you know, pass know That made it ten seven at that point, right? You could have had yeah. a scoreless first half for the Chiefs. Maybe that's leads to leads to some points for the Chargers offensively. Then you go to the second half and you have an interception by Derwin James, who is ready to take it back to the house, but Nazir Adley Gets a pass interference called on him. Another bang bang play there. I think Nazir, that's probably the one that was most worthy of a flag, I would say, out of the ones that were yeah. questionable in this one. But either way, interception taken off the board. And then right after that, you have Asante Samuel Jr. dropping a ball that's thrown right to him is probably a pick six. And oh, he ends yeah. up losing it there. And then Asante Samuel Jr. later on in the game has, I mean, because that ended up making it a tie game at that point, or made it 17 to 14 at that point. So you're letting him back in in the second half. And then you have another play in the end zone where, again, Asante Samuel Jr. is making a great break on the ball. He makes a great play but drops it in the end zone. And even that one might have gone back for six. And that's the tough thing is, like, Asante Samuel Jr. played a whale of a game in this one. He had a ton of really, really positive plays. But those missed opportunities, I mean, we'll get to the offense. The offense had their own, you know, part to blame in this. But when you look at that, I mean, another interception dropped. You have, I mean, even the second, I mean, the first of the Asante Samuel Jr. interceptions, even though it was technically dropped, I mean, I'm a little surprised they overturned that one.
1: Honestly, Daniel, I, I thought he had his hand underneath that football the entire time. I I mean, I understand that it touched the ground, but yeah, I, don't, like I didn't see a lot it. of movement. I, no. I did not see a lot of movement. I felt like Asante Samuel Jr. had control of that football, and it was an absolutely incredible interception, too. <laughs> so close. Yeah, it was crazy. And we've seen him make that type of play before. I mean, he did it against the Chiefs last season. So just crazy. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. really putting himself in a lot of really good uh, opportunities, a lot of good situations in this game. And you're right. He played fantastic. And man, if just one of those interceptions goes the Chargers way, we're probably talking about a much different football game here.
0: Yeah, well, at the end of the day, David, I mean, you have it, b- both of Patrick Mahomes passing touchdowns came after either a dropped interception or an interception called back by a penalty, right? That's 14 points uh, right there. Yeah, it ended up being 20 points when things were all said and done that the Chiefs ended up scoring in a row against the Chargers in the second half. 17 of those points directly came off of, you know, non-turnovers, I guess, for lack of a better word, by the Chargers offense. And I mean, it's just when you have those plays, it's just so hard to win especially when you're playing against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and even the defense right had a chance to get off the field with about four minutes left they did eventually but the first play is a 52 yard run that they give up add on a face mask by Derwin James which you know happens but it's just it was brutal I mean you can't really it's hard David because you can't really totally blame the defense because like defense played a heck of a game like if, if yeah. one of those interceptions happens we're talking about the defense in a totally different like i think that's the thing that hurts the most is like you still see how talented this chargers defense is
1: absolutely i mean they got several stops i mean they made patrick mahomes life especially in that first half very very difficult very very uncomfortable yeah. the rush was getting very close they were doing a good job bottling up the the running game. They knew what the game plan was. The Chiefs were going to attack the boundaries and try to get the ball out of their hands, and that's exactly what they did the entire game. And the Chargers did a phenomenal job on defense, getting that high-powered offense off the field a lot more times. And unfortunately, they couldn't turn those into points enough times. Against this team, Daniel, you cannot make that many mistakes and expect to win the football game. You give that team too many opportunities, they're going to cash in. That's what they do. They're too well coached, and they have a phenomenal quarterback. you got to give him his credit. Patrick Mahomes is really, really good, and that touchdown pass that he threw was absolutely insane when he was falling back on third and 10. I have no idea how he made that throw. It's pretty ridiculous, but the Chargers had the Chiefs. They had this game. They were in position to win this game, and they let it slip right through their fingers.
0: Yeah, I mean, on that play, I mean, J.C. Jackson still somehow almost got back to it. Not a great look getting beat for a 41-yard touchdown, obviously, because you're getting left alone on that island. At the same time, to me, what stood out the most was Jerry Tillery, who got totally washed out of the pass rushing lane. He got no push which allowed a pocket for Patrick Mahomes to step up into and make that throw because there was pressure all around him. If you would have taken away that space in front of him, maybe it ends differently. But I mean, even missed opportunities wise at the end of the game, you have an onside kick that gets bobbled. Where is everyone? Like, I, that's have what I was that ball. No one was even close to getting it. I that. Know. That was the really confusing thing to me. It's like, you know where the ball is going. You know what the objective is. Yes. You all have to, you know, line up, you know, a certain amount apart from each other, whatever, whatever. But like, The fact that nobody even got like a hand on that ball, I thought was pretty crazy considering that's what you're trying to do. I mean, Dustin Hopkins, hell of a kick by him, right? He got the kick, crazy bounce. It gets bobbled. The Chiefs jump on top of it. And that was just kind of a theme of the game. But I think obviously one of the biggest missed opportunities in this game was Justin Herbert in the red zone throwing a pick six, a 99-yard pick six that breaks a 17-17 tie that the Chargers could never come back from. But how much of it was on him, and most importantly, how healthy is he coming out of that game? Because it seemed like at one point he should have been taken out of it. And then the next thing you know, he's throwing bombs to DeAndre Carter and almost bringing the Chargers back as he's wincing in pain on every throw. So we have to get into that. But I was definitely thinking, hey, that is the diamond for the Chargers. How are you going to let that dude specifically get hurt out there? And that dude needed to be taken out. You need all the insurance you can on that dude specifically. And if you need jewelry or watch insurance, the place you go to, is Brightco. It's the best place that I go. I remember seeing a video the other day. And it almost reminded me of this Chargers game where there was a guy proposing with his kid, and then it get, the ring gets fumbled away into the water, never to be seen again, just like the Chargers fumbled this game away. But if the Chargers had Brightco, well, you know, after fumbling things, it would feel a lot better because of Brightco. It's the best jewelry and watch insurance. And when I was proposing to my wife, these are nightmares I always had. How was I going to lose this ring? Am I going to get put on camera right and end up getting put all over the internet as that guy who ended up losing my ring in the big moment. And with Brightco, it makes you feel a lot better about it. But the lesson here is you don't want to be that guy, and you certainly don't want it splattered all over the internet. The guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure that you get a replacement for full value of that ring, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or just can't figure out what happened to it. Go to bright.co forward slash locked on. It's the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover yourself with the best jewelry insurance in the business. All right, David, we talked about the defensive side of things and all the missed opportunities there. I mean, played a good game, just a few bad plays, obviously. But on the offensive side of things, I mean, a lot of people are coming from Joe Lombardi's neck again, and it's understandable to some extent, but really it was with Justin Herbert. When you're talking about missed opportunities in this game, it's hard to say this game didn't totally swing on a pick-six play. It was... really frustrating sequence of events because it seemed like Gerald Everett was giving them a spark, right? Two plays where they get it to Gerald Everett. He's picking up yards after the catch. He's running super physically, right? And gets the chargers down to the four yard line. This is when the interesting part of it happens as they're all running up there, they're trying to go tempo, but Gerald Everett is trying to get subbed out of the game. Two very physical plays where he just carried Kansas city defenders down the field and he wants to come out. Unfortunately, they're trying to go tempo i thought that was a big missed opportunity there and then the play itself unfolds like this gerald everett goes like he's going to the flat kind of comes back to the inside because the cornerback had outside leverage which is what you want to do especially in those tight spaces be a big body for justin herbert to throw at right and just hope that you can make that possession catch he kind of starts fading back to the outside justin herbert throws it into the inside and it ends up turning into a 99-yard pick six. It was 17-17. Chargers had a chance on first and goal. They don't run it right. They try to go tempo to take a touchdown lead to get some points to retake the lead after losing all the momentum. It's hard to think about any worse momentum-shifting moment than that part of the game.
1: No, there isn't. I mean, that was it right there. When Justin Herbert threw that interception, and of course, it wasn't just his fault. Gerald Everett had a part to play in that too. But hey, the, the Chargers got to sort the coaches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, coaches. I'm saying the the Chargers' coaches need to recognize when somebody needs to come out of the game. I mean, hey, you're driving here. You have all the momentum. You are going straight down the football field. You find yourself in position to really, you know, punch it in and, and score a touchdown why can't you take your time there? I mean, if yeah. you got to take a timeout, whatever, get the right personnel in there. So you keep possession of the ball. Unfortunately in the, on, in that situation on that play, Gerald Everett looked like he was gassed. Like he, yeah. he just could not give the a proper amount of effort that was required when the chargers are trying to go tempo. I mean, yeah. he's already gassed and they're trying to run up to the line and catch the chiefs by surprise. And unfortunately it backfires and they take it back for a pick six and that was backbreaking that I mean the chargers had all the momentum and that was just the one moment that bam zapped it all the way
0: 100 and I mean the thing is there is the reason he doesn't come off the field even going tempo is because if you make subs they get to make subs and the whole point of going tempo there is you're in the red zone you're trying to catch them off guard a little bit you don't want them to get their bigger personnel in and so you go to make sure you get that same look defensively as you had the play before where you just torched them to get to the four-yard line but yeah That is just a generic statement, right? That doesn't have the context of how these players are looking, how they're playing in that moment, and it turns into the biggest back-breaking play of the game. Should it have come down to that? No, but because of the missed opportunities that had already happened in that game, it came down to a moment like that being able to decide it. By that point, the Chargers should have already been up 17 to 20 points, right, with all the other missed opportunities that they had. But in that moment, Justin Herbert's first interception of the season, first interception, through two games and it goes back for a pick six. He's unable to make the tackle on it. And it's just, I mean, it was brutal. It felt like the game was lost right there. They did. I mean, and it kind of was right. I mean, they did have a last ditch effort later on, but the offense couldn't get anything going. But Justin Herber himself late in this game got smacked on a pass rush and ended up going down to the ground and was physically in pain and had to get seen by the Chargers trainers. After that, since the trainers had to come on the field, he has to leave the field for a play, and Chase Daniel comes in. But, David, after that, he was noticeably in pain. I mean, he stayed on the field. He tried to gut it out, but it was most noticeable on a play on third down where he's rolling out to the right, has an easy first down that he could have literally walked to if he wanted to. He could have walked for a first down. He kind of just threw it away in pain. Like, he just got rid of it, and you're just like, oh, my God, what is this dude still doing in the game? Next play is like a thirty yard bomb to DeAndre Carter that sets up you know a touchdown to get him back in the game. But like, there was definitely some decisions to be made there. I mean, I get you want to win the game. At that point, you're down by ten and you have three minutes about there to play. I don't know, David. I mean, I thought he should have came out of the game. He was noticeably injured, but he tried to bring him back. It was gutsy towards the end of it for him.
1: I definitely was looking at my 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 TV screen saying, "Hey, you got to get him out of there." I mean, he he looks like he was was in obvious pain I'm he not, I'm never not talking, shows
0: anything like right, that he never, never sh- shows anything right.
1: he's stone-faced and there's he couldn't hide it it, it yeah. was obvious it was clear and obvious that he was in excruciating pain and then unbelievably the next play he throws an absolute dime just no a sense. dart to deandre carter for a fourth down conversion that makes absolutely no sense justin herbert was in crazy pain the play before and then throws an absolute diamond to DeAndre Carter I just don't get it it makes no sense he's unbelievable I pray to the heavens that Justin Herbert is okay
0: yeah and I mean putting him back there is putting him back out there is one thing I get wanting to go win the game but like do you remember how Justin Herbert came on the field for the first time right it was Tyrod Taylor with a rib injury who ended up getting his lung punctured right so like Let's be careful if we're messing with 10's ribs here because, I mean, that's not something I want to mess around with or see, you know, Chase Daniel have to come into a game for. But with that play, I mean, you have to cost, you know, what's the risk and reward there? I mean, they get a touchdown, they almost get the onside kick. It almost kind of works out for them in a sick way. But I definitely was thinking at that point, hey, you're playing the long game here, right? Nothing's going your way right now. And you're also missing two of your starting offensive linemen. And that was a huge noticeable difference, David. The Chargers. Best, you know, offensive lineman, the guy with the longest pedigree and all pro right? Corey Lindsley had to leave the game, never came back in the second half. Then you lose your starting right tackle, Trey Pipkins, which, you know, before this season, maybe you're not thinking is a huge loss, but obviously he's the guy that won that starting job. And now you're trying to come back. You're trying to get back on track offensively, and you're missing those two guys, David. And I think we saw in that game how important it's going to be for the Chargers to get those two dudes back because the offense was obviously hindered after their absence.
1: Especially Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley yeah. is invaluable to this Chargers offensive line because of what he does for the protections. And yeah. he's usually facing the defense. He's diagnosing what they are, are trying to do what formations that are in and what, tra- what type of protections that Justin Herbert needs for this offensive line for that particular play. And then you lose that. And then obviously, you know, his uh, immaculate play as well. He's just a phenomenal football player. He Steps out and then, you know, there's obvi- an obvious difference and, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, of a difference in play. there going to will clap and hey will-, will Clapp played admirably, but you can't replace yeah. an all pro Cor- Corey Lindsley is uh, just an integral part of this offensive line. And hopefully the knee injury that he went out with is nothing serious and the Chargers can get him back sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess if, if you're looking for some silver lining on Corey Lindsley, like he never left the game in an offensive series, right? So whatever yeah. series he got hurt on, he finished that drive and then came out later, at least the way I remember it, because Will Clapp started the second half with the starting offense. That doesn't really tell you anything, right? I mean, we know Phillip Rivers played an entire game with a torn ACL, so like it, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but that dude's health is crucial to this yeah. team. I mean, with this offensive line, can't replace him but if they do have to you know weigh their options I'd love to see Jamari Sawyer start getting some reps snapping to Justin Herbert because I feel a lot better about that guy I think long term especially being right in front of Justin Herbert than I do about Will Clapp in an extended period right I think the Jamari Sawyer gives you more upside and if it's Jamari Sawyer right if you can get you know Competent play, average play there, and then Storm Norton can be close to Trey Pickens, maybe you're okay. But it was easy to see that the Chargers offense, right? I mean, you want him to go downfield. You want him to start taking shots. But then you're kind of weighing that against, okay, well, does Justin Herbert have the time? And then he's also getting butchered when he is dropping back for any extended period of time, right? So Joe Lombardi's taking a lot of heat. The offense definitely didn't come through in the second half five straight possessions where they don't score and during that time they give up a pick six that's a seven point swing in five possessions where you don't score and it's just almost impossible right to win a game against the Kansas City Chiefs if you're going five possessions without scoring straight in the second half and it really sucks because they wasted a really really special game from Mike Williams who absolutely torched the secondary of the Chiefs once again something that he's pretty much known for at this time, but shout out to anyone who had more than on Mike Williams on their prize picks projections because he definitely went more than in this one. I mean, Mike Williams was special, and if you guys went with him, you probably definitely won there. But prize picks, I love it's my favorite daily fantasy site. And what I love about it is it's you versus the prize picks projections. What you do is you pick two to five players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projections, You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. So basically, you know, if you think Justin Herbert's going to throw more than 300 yards, you can go with that. Or if you think Mike Williams is going to have more than half a touchdown, those are the kind of things you're selecting with prize picks. And they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. And it's not just the NFL. You can go NBA, MLB, college football, golf, NHL. Men's, I mean, women's college, basketball, soccer, WNBA, whatever it is, you can find it at PricePix. So download the Price Picks apps or go to Pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. Shout out to one of our listeners who showed us a big win on Price Picks. But first time users right now, guys, since you listen to this show, can get an instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code to locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. All right, David. Well, the Chargers obviously lost this game due to missed opportunities. And I, this one is one that slipped away. The Chargers should have absolutely won this game. And yeah. I don't even think it's an indictment on how good this team is. I mean, it's impossible to watch those two teams out there and think, hey, one of these teams is considerably better. The Chargers were the better team in this game. Yeah. Right. But missed opportunities that can just change so quickly. And I think the frustrating thing is you didn't even make Patrick Mahomes beat you. I mean, his yeah. two touchdown came two touchdowns came after interceptions that were called back or dropped. And at the end of the game, you give them seven points on a pick six. Like, it didn't even take some crazy heroics like it usually does. The Chargers defense did a good job on Patrick yeah. Mahomes. But I thought the offense left a lot to be desired, and it's just kind of hard because they were obviously dealing with a lot of things, right? They were dealing with a lot of obstacles they had to overcome. At the same time, Joe Lombardi is going to get a lot of heat for this, David, because five straight possessions in the second half, you can't have it go that way. You can't have multiple three and outs, a pick six. You can't do those things and expect to beat big teams. And now for the second time in two weeks, David, we're wondering where did the offense go in the second half?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely wondering that question because in the second half, it was touchdown. Then it was punt, punt, interception for a touchdown, punt on three plays, punt on six plays. The Chargers just disappeared. What happened? I, I mean, I just don't get it because there were certain times in this game where the Chargers were running the ball extremely effectively. It seemed like every, every time Josh Kelly got the ball, he was running for six or seven yards. Yeah. Seemed like Austin Eckler was getting some good running plays. I don't know why they didn't get him more involved in the passing game. I mean, they did late, and then you saw what kind of kind of production that he's able to bring to the table. And it just... It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you have a lot yeah. of weapons. Yeah, you're without Keenan Allen, and that's definitely not somebody you can Important. easily replace. I mean, let's, let's not forget that. The Chargers almost beat the Chiefs and should have beat the Chiefs, and Keenan Allen didn't play a single down in this game. So that's definitely something you need to remember. But the Chargers offense is more than good enough, and they showed that on several drives in this game that they can move down the football field, but they just fell into a lapse and then completely disappeared
0: yeah 100 percent, and i think you just you, you can't have the lulls like you have to have something in the bag that's going to pick you up that first down or that second first down right on a drive to get something going to flip the field position at the very least chargers couldn't get anything going they can't blame it on a missed field goal or anything like that the offense with those two starting offensive linemen were missing justin herbert and you know not going to lie for a lot of this game seemed a little off. He seemed a little yeah. rushed from the get-go, missed some throws he usually hits. I it took still some time made to get on some, the same
1: page with Palmer too.
0: Yeah, I mean, for sure. He still made some incredible throws in this one. And I think that, you know, oh, yeah. people reacting to Justin Herbert's game are way off as far as, you know, his performance goes. I mean, I thought he still had a very good performance here, but at the same time, David, it's just not enough. And I think, I mean, yeah. Joe Lombardi, obviously, yeah, he's one of the people to blame and it's just how much blame, does he share because he just doesn't seem like i mean i don't love warren sharp everything right but when he's putting out hey the chargers average depth of target on their throws on first and second downs with 3.8 yards they only attempted two passes of 17 yards down the field both which were completed went for 74 total yards you want to see more of that but at the same time david when they were letting him drop back especially towards the end He's getting battered. So I think it's this constant push and pull of like, OK, well, how much leeway are you giving Joe Lombardi? Do you feel like he's trying to make Justin Herbert run the Drew Brees offense? Or is it just a byproduct of the circumstances? Because the thing is, is you can say all that. But last week, you still saw them get conservative in the second half when they had their full compliment besides Keenan Allen of their offensive line at the very least. Right. So I think it's just kind of the hard thing to kind of differentiate. Right. Because it is it's like, hey, the Chargers should have had another touchdown. Joe Lombardi, Brandon Staley, let them go tempo when there was an obvious tired player there. I mean, it's it's really tough, but I mean, it's hard for him to escape blame here when you're seeing these kind of results.
1: No, you you can't. You can't absolve Joe Lombardi of of blame here because the Chargers showed, like, on several occasions in this game that when they go try to throw it deep, they are having a lot of success. I mean, I look at Mike Williams' performance in this game, and they threw at him a lot, and it seemed like every time he caught the ball, it was 10-plus yards. Every single time. And yeah, a lot of them were contest, contested catches, but that's what he does. That's what he yeah. brings to the table. But they didn't do enough, a good enough job of mixing it up with the other parts of the offense. I, I don't understand why there wasn't more screens in this game. That's something that we called for, and we just didn't get that. You didn't really give your Man. your athletes enough opportunities to make some yards after catch in space. There's just some things that you could have done to get the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands and get it into a playmaker's hands and let them go down the football field. And that didn't really happen. And that really resulted in a lot of empty possessions.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, so the other thing is, too, is, like, teams are playing Justin Herbert like he's Justin Herbert, right? They're they're doing whatever they can to not get beat by the deep ball. They're trying to force Justin Herbert, like a lot of teams trying to force Patrick Mahomes, to check it down, to take the underneath step and beat them methodically down the field and, and take it little by little, right, and take it inch by inch. but. At the same time, I mean, you see when they do push it even 10 to 15 yards, right? They're having success. And I think the part that bothers me is this, I'm from Warren Sharp, 15 plays at or behind the line of scrimmage as far as throws on early downs. Just because, you know, you're not going deep doesn't mean you have to throw it behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage on these early downs when you have someone like Justin Herbert. And I understand people are standing up for Joe Lombardi. I understand a bunch of people are blaming him. But the results are the results. That's two weeks in a row where you have, you know what nine consecutive possessions if you take the droughts from both of those right where the Chargers are coming away with no points right five and four in divisional games and expecting to win these games the Chargers are a really really good team and you wouldn't know it by watching them in this game because of the missed opportunities and it it, it can't all be on Joe Lombardi right because you also have dropped interceptions like the defense lost points for the Chargers offense as well Either way, in this one, Justin Herbert seemed a little bit off without Keenan Allen, but I think ended up bouncing back and made some really, really good plays. But the offense as a whole, five straight drives, you can't do it, especially when you have Mike Williams going nuts, David. And that's the sad thing is like he's going to kind of fall into the wayside and into the quicksand on this one when he goes eight for 113 in a touchdown. I think I said he was going to have eight for 130 in a touchdown. And a fifty plus yard touchdown. Didn't quite get that. But that one handed catch in the end zone was ridiculous. I mean, holding nuts. off a defender with one arm, corraling it, and you know, completing the catch while keeping his feet in bounds. And that's what sucks, David, is like this should have gone down as a night with another legendary Mike Williams performance, taking down the Chiefs in Arrowhead.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it gets watered down, unfortunately, because the Chargers can't finish finish the job. But Mike Williams was fantastic in this game. And they, they did something that I called for in my keys, and they got him involved early. The first yeah, couple did. catches went straight to Mike Williams. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what we need. That's exactly what Mike Williams needs. He just needs to get comfortable. He needs to get that confidence going. You catch a couple balls, you start feeling good, and then... Bam, he goes crazy in this game. Over 100 yards receiving that touchdown was crazy. I mean, that's just vintage Mike Williams. You throw it up. You give him an opportunity. He is going to come down with it more often than not. And he showed everybody why he deserves that contract. Yeah, he disappears sometimes. But when you give him that chance and you give him those chances to go make a play, Mike Williams makes plays.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had three targets on the first drive, I'm pretty sure. Like, he had two catches on the first two offensive plays for the Chargers. Doesn't get, you know, much more target-heavy than that early on. So, they definitely got him involved. And, I mean, shout-out to DeAndre Carter, who I thought yeah. had another sneaky good game offensively, filling in a little bit for Keenan Allen and just the lack of, you know, having that dude at the top of your rotation there. And, I mean, came through with another big play at the end of the game, came through with another play on a short yardage situation where he picks it up himself. And, I mean, when he gets north and south – I mean, he really is dangerous when he's going down the field. And he yeah. was just, a, he's been such a nice surprise for the Chargers offense. Gerald Everett, I mean, it's going to get remembered for one thing, but I mean, he was really good he was in this good. game, too. Yeah. Like him after the catch was a really big part of why the Chargers even got there to begin with, why they're going to him three times in a row there. Not a good call, especially given the circumstances. I thought Zion Johnson
1: did a pretty good job against Chris Jones, too, just while we're throwing it out.
0: Yeah, he sure did, man. I mean, Chris Jones had much more success against Matt Filer than he did against Zion Johnson. But we have much more we're going to get into from this game. We're going to get into buy and sell on Monday as the Chargers regroup here a little bit, get a little bit of extra time off, hopefully get some people healthy, and we'll be back here on Monday with the updates on Justin Herbert and Corey Lindsley and Trey Pipkins and where the Chargers go next because they do have a soft part of their schedule where they can make you forget about this loss very quickly and still get off to a hot start and still have a great shot inside of the AFC West. But before to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen today. If you need an all-around-the-NFL show, you're going to want to go to Peacock and Williamson where you can find wherever you get your podcast from. It's a great way for me to kind of stay up with everything going on outside of the Chargers bubble. But thank you guys again. If you want to call in and get your reactions to this game on the show, you can call into to 323- 524-7924. And next week, we have a couple extra days. We will be getting into some voicemails and maybe doing a Twitter Tuesday. But you can follow us on Twitter at LAC where we do post the show every single day. And you can find it on our personal social media as well. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at SD. You can also find us on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram. But we're going to shake this one off and be back with good energy and how the Chargers get back on track on Monday. But until then, take it easy. And gobots.